Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew from Tulip Valley, and I am so excited to be joined today by Chris Stottinger, who is a historian and a disruptive thinker and sharer of all things historical. I'm just, you know, truth is, my my daughter sent me one of your TikToks, and it had to do with the Tulip Festival, and I was like, that blew my mind because it was so counter to what was going on. And then I, you know, I looked, you reached out, and then I, I dug into it. And so, Chris. How did you get here? Start wherever you want. I'm really excited to, to introduce you to our guests. I mean, well, first and foremost, thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, the origin story, the the great beyond. Um, here's what happened. I got my background as a travel videographer and journalist. Did that for about 10 years. And then came a time where I needed to do a little career shift because uh, my wife and I were having kids. It's a little harder to travel eight months out of the year when you're doing that. Yeah. And I was like, I want to start a tour company in Tacoma because people hate Tacoma and that's not fair. <laughs> that's and, me. I'm a colorblind tulip farmer, so I get it. <laughs> see, like, I just, I have always believed passionately that if you, there's something about almost every place to love and you just have to look a little bit deeper. Uh, and, you know, like I I came of age, I went to high school in the Tri-Cities, another very um, hot button place throughout the state. Right. So I'm I'm always been trying to just help people uncover the stuff that's really fascinating about that. And so the Pacific Northwest is my my sort of domain where I really dig into the stories behind stuff. And I think history is polarizing, right? Yeah. Like yeah. As, as soon as someone starts like. In 1874, people just right shut down. And I'm out. Yeah. So uh, my goal is to keep people engaged by reminding them that this wasn't just a series of bullet points. These were very messy human moments in our not-too-distant past that have an effect on what we do today. Yeah. Well, OSBI should hire you to completely do redo the Washington State history class because, seriously, you're... You my the, the my kids should get credit uh for Washington State history by watching your TikToks. So they're fascinating. I, I really do look forward to them. It's like, oh, I had no idea. I just just the level of 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 depth that you bring the thing. And and like you said, Tacoma, talk about deep stories and and uh yeah, exactly. It's like kind of overlooked, but not uh but but you go statewide. I mean you really do you tackle the oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And so you do you do tours around the state or are you just I do. Or, so, yeah. Yeah. My my main hub is Tacoma or I guess Pierce County. We yeah. we go all throughout like Stillicum and beyond. Uh, but yes, I do tours throughout all of Washington state sort of as one off specialty events, especially yeah. when there's a place that I'm passionate about. I also grew up in Spokane. Uh huh. So I have a deep a deep anchor there. And that's another just great town. Oh, Yeah. I, I was stationed at Fairchild and we just absolutely loved Spokane and, and uh, the idea of having force and growing up here in, in, in Western Washington, there's the dry pavement or not even just in Seattle is dry pavement, and wet pavement season here. You know, it's a, it's a little bit different, but the, the idea of, you know, just snow, what a novelty. And yeah, we, we do live in a, in a spectacular state uh, with, oh, and, and, and I love that you're with a history that is, you know, I, I actually had people in the military, you know, that were from Boston that would say, oh, my high school is older than your whole state. Um, and it's like, yeah, but it's kind of, you know, we studied that. But here you have to go below, below the, you know, the, the surface level. 
and yeah. the, the, the history is is fascinating. And so I applaud you for that. Thank you. I always, I you know, I know that East Coast mentality, and I try and buck that pretty regularly because, sure, like official state of Washington, eighteen eighty nine, but that completely discounts the fact that this was an international hub as everyone was trying to figure it out. Right. With the French and the British. And then the several tens of thousands of years of indigenous history that was in the area beforehand. Right. Possible. Well, I I remember even growing up going out to Friday Harbor and there's this pig war thing. Right. And this is like, yeah, like the fifth, the fifth grade. Andrew's like, well, they fought over pigs. This is so cool. It's like, cause, and then you like, yeah, it, it's super interesting. Kind of, kind of like watching Poldark when you see something from the opposite angle, you know, or it's just like, oh, yeah, I guess there were Revolutionary War veterans on the other side that had to go back and so, sort of stuff out. Every, everybody's got their thing. When yeah. Boston can show me their active volcano, maybe I'll pipe down a little. Well said. Well said. Did you have in your lifetime a, a, a volcano that did just a little bit of, could you imagine? I mean, we wanted to, somebody's going to get to imagine when it is that Rainier or baker pops off and oh yeah well that won't that be fun to watch on tiktok (laughs) oh yeah i'll i'll be prepped for it yeah absolutely absolutely so hey what what cued my conversation or my the interest in this conversation is the piece that you did about the skagit valley tulip festival and just the history of you know we 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 love and embrace and chat and 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 celebrate our agricultural heritage up here in, in in the magic skagit uh, but you you cued me on to an idea uh, or, or, or rather some facts that are counter to the common narrative, we should say. So if you wouldn't mind just jumping straight in on what what you found in your your, your research on uh, on tulips here in, in the uh, in the Pacific Northwest, I, I think everyone is going to be fascinated with what you have to share. Well, OK, so let me let me premise this with a couple of caveats here. OK, yes, yes. I am I'm not a tulip expert, but I'm an investigative researcher. Yes. And my thing is, I I always have a hard time when people are like, this is your definitive answer. Oh, we yeah. figured out some. And I'm that's not true now. I don't think it's been true ever, right? Right. Uh, and so the story of tulips to me seems very nuanced, but I think there are a couple anchor points that we can we can draw from. Brilliant. Brilliant. And and so for me, it really starts with this guy, George Gibbs, who was British, and he came over to this area because it was still kind of in flux. Like we yeah. had, you know, plenty of Brits in the area. And he settled out on Orcas Island where he was growing apples and hazelnuts. And, you know, this kid, he's like 17. All he cares about is making money and not being the youngest in his family anymore. But like right. finally yeah. becoming a man. That's right. He's going to set out and do his thing. He's got to he's got to make it. And in the wild Americas, he comes out here and he's he's growing and he's like, oh, hot damn. Stuff grows really well out here. And so he he plants some bulbs, a variety of bulbs in the area and notices that after two years, when he goes to harvest the bulbs, that they look magnificent, that they've mm-hmm. expanded way beyond his expectations. Yeah. So at that point, he writes to the Netherlands and he's like, dear flower growers to whom it may concern. Yeah. I, I, can you teach me some of your tricks? Can I can I do some stuff? And they essentially write back to him being like, maybe pipe down, boy. Um, only the Dutch 
can grow yeah. tulips. And they swiped it from the French, by the way, but we, who swiped it from the Turks, but we don't need to get into that part. Yeah, exactly. Right. So <laughs> way, way back when the tulip was still in the middle of Asia, but right. here, here are the Dutch being very elite about the whole thing. And they're like, well, we don't, we don't really care. And we're not right. going to give you any secrets. So yeah, go figure it out. We don't see how this is good for us. <laughs> So he sends them, you know, he's, I don't know, probably like 21 at this point, early 20s. Yeah. He's in, he's so mad. So he sends them some bulbs with essentially the early 1900s equivalent of a middle finger and is like, okay, I hope you enjoy not making money. And when they see the bulbs that he sends, instant regret. Yeah. So they send a a delegation out to Orcas Island. By this point, he was kind of uh, growing flowers out by Bellingham well. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And so this These is are, late, late 1900, early, what, what are we? Late are we? 1800s, early late 1900s. 1900s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Dutch are out here and they notice that not only are they, he's producing more healthier bulbs, but that the colors are more vibrant. <laughs> that American tulips are producing more vibrant color than the Dutch ones. And they don't like that at all. <laughs> so th- this is one of those moments where there's a crossover yeah. where simultaneously the U.S. government looking to kind of emancipate itself from European influence wants to sink a lot of money into making themselves more um, self-sustaining. Like mm-hmm. at the same time, they were looking for caves throughout the United States where they could make their own like aged cheese so they wouldn't be relying on France and stuff. And so when they hear what Gibbs is doing, they requisition 15,000 bulbs from the Netherlands and help him start up this massive grow operation up -hmm. just outside of Bellingham. Yeah. And that kind of has this explosion effect. So I think this woman named Mary Brown Stewart in Skagit Valley gets the accreditation for sort of starting the like tulip craze in Mm. Skagit Valley. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a one-legged stool. Yeah. She she definitely was, uh, so she was from Ohio. She was bringing in a lot of tulips. Everyone was like, oh man, these are great. But her secret was that she was going to um, festivals. So she spent a lot of time taking the boat over to Bremerton, going to Seattle, and essentially being like, other flowers are boring. Tulips are what all the ladies are into. So on the gar- so she was selling to gardeners. So she was selling bulbs to gardeners. Yes, yes, as a very Dutch thing. That's where the money's at. It's not in the flower. It's in the it's bulb. In the bulb. So yeah. she would take the the tulips to expos, mm-hmm. and then when people saw them, she would sell Bam. the bulbs later. Yeah, she was she was the Kardashian of tulips, right? Mm. She was just made this whole money making, fame generating empire. So is this like Roaring Twenties also type of the money, or is this still or like turn of the century? So she plants her first tulips in 1906. Okay, which is one year after the establishment of George Gibbs's tulip fifteen thousand bulb empire. I see. And simultaneously, you have a a huge like swath of Dutch immigrants who come over just because they like the area. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of the first group that's like, oh, you live in a floodplain. We should dike the hell out of this thing. Right. So suddenly, you know, Whatcom Skagit Valley become like a little Netherlands. Mm -hmm. 
with this fertile floodplain, really incredible weather for it, um, you know, mild winters, cool springs, and the flowers love it. They do love it. So I think somewhere in the middle there, right? There's that dark spot between George Gibbs, Mary Brown, and then like the Dutch immigrants, especially like out of Linden, kind of trickling down through the area. Right. Yeah. Where where you start to see this, this tulip operation start off. But the thing that really kicks it into high gear above all else are cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everyone had to travel around Puget Sound on like the Mosquito Fleet. As soon as they build roads that aren't just instant death traps by like 1920 and everyone suddenly has their own car and they're like doing road trips for fun. That's right. All yeah. these little towns are like, damn, we need some way to make money and get people to come here. Yeah. And the Mobility. same way that Leavenworth was like, we could be Bavarian, I think. Right. Yeah, exactly. What would people buy? What would people travel for? Right. Uh, Skagit Valley was like, shoot, let's do flowers. And so they sunk a ton of money into it. So much so, my favorite is that during the like first um, tulip festivals, they obviously had a tulip queen and everything, but they would take these World War One airplanes and just drop tulips, tulip bulb, uh, not the bulbs, but the the bloom, yeah. just across crowds of people. I'm gonna do that. That's it. I'm taking a note here. I've got a right? list of things to do. It's a return to the to the bloom bloom bombers. Get all oh, bloom bombers first. are so good. Bloom bombers. Oh, I got it. It's happening. Get yourself an old crop duster. Get There's nothing new under the sun. You heard it here first. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So yeah, I think you just see this explosion of of interest and in, and in color, and then all of a sudden, now we fast forward a hundred years, and you, I've I've heard from so many people since I did the TikTok. We're like, yeah, we we grew up in Skagit Valley. We were born and raised with tulips. Our dream was to go to the Netherlands and see the beginning. And they go to stores there and turn over the package. And it's like bulbs proudly made in Skagit Valley. Like, Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you see this switch, right? So now the Netherlands, which is still the leading producer of tulips globally. Oh, yeah, by orders of magnitude. Yeah. Um, still really maintains a lot of that uh, aloofness and secrecy. And I think they keep theirs um, in-house. Oh, but they when do. they want to sell them, they import them They import yeah, them from your area yeah, and I know. sell them and then, abroad. Yeah. Okay. So we get it up through in terms of mobility. And then so was it the First World War? How, I mean, did, did we just – did it kind of rotate out? or What, what happened is there were like three big freezes. I think it was like 1917 in there, 1925. Uh, and then by the 1930s with the depression and then mm-hmm. another big freeze, nobody, nobody wanted to do it anymore. Yeah. The, no, the risk, the risk to reward ratio for this flower is, is remarkable. Right. Right. It has bankrupted more people and it's made rich by orders of magnitude. See, so Obviously, the fiscal decision was to to cool it for a little while. And in a, a very a tulip worthy moment, they go underground for quite mm-hmm. some time. Yeah. It got and so while the, that's what we say. It, it topped. It, you have to top it in order to maintain that for it to come back so it can put its energy into something else. So it had a period of being topped before it came back. And that was a, a long period. And it was yeah. I think it's interesting because you can see. 
that um, it starts to cycle back up because at the end of World War II, we got a ton more Dutch. Right. Yeah. And in fact, yeah, like the Dutch government was even incentivizing people's travel being like, hey, go to America. Right. Yeah. And that's that's usually where people will pick up the story. And I, that's why I love the long tail of the story is usually what, you know, the, the story that is told, you know, an influx of Dutch immigrants after the, the you know Second World War really focused on being able to, do, you know, two, one of two things. It was milk or bulbs. And there were some that found their way into bulbs. And and really that it that it became which which upon further review is the second renaissance uh or 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 rather the renaissance of bulbs instead of the 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 genesis of yeah, exa- exactly because I, I know there was a bulb salesman from the netherlands who moved to new york and was like ah this city sucks so he just kept going west till he ran out of space ended up in skagit valley and then yeah in the 1950s really started to try and start up the bulb empire again but at that point, it had already been well established in the area. What they were kind of missing was the the Mary Brown to make it sexy again. Yes. Well, I I have aspirations of that. That's me. I'm the, the Gibbs and the Mary Brown of trying to make it sexy. Not that it needs any help because it is absolutely sexy. But the idea of you know that mobility and it's it's almost if if the first the first round said, hey, you know what, we can really. Uh, establish uh, a narrative and an identity for the community around this. It's going to get people into it, which of course is great for everyone. A rising, a rising bloom floats all boats to, to absolutely butcher and, and combine a metaphor here. But it's, uh, again, it's, it's something that is, it's, it's what is the economic opportunity of a beautiful thing, right? It's a beautiful hmm. And yet it's, it's, it's authentic and we can pull it off uh, and we can, we can grow amazing amazing bulbs here but we do not and and it, re, it remains to this day you will not out dutch the dutch so in terms of the the economies of scale and the the global reach and a lot of people don't know this but uh, they they're actually you know they'll they'll start some of these bulbs on the plane or on the steps of the serengeti right in africa and then finish them in holland and then ship ship them over here and and because there's two things that the, the three things the dutch do amazingly well and two of them are grow, one, uh, growing tulips and shipping, and the other is is figuring out how to make money on the shipping and the the, the bulb. And so, uh, but what the what one of our opportunities really is to lean into the our natural beauty, which is has been around for literally ever, and then to be able to say, hey, here's here's something that we can capture with uh, with 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 the tulip. So that's uh, brilliant, honestly. Yeah, that's that's super cool. What else has surprised you in your search? Like just in general for Skagit, does it got another thing? Oh, hey, Andrew, we can't talk about Skagit and not hit on something else. You know, it's always just astounding to me how I think people always assume that we've come so far yeah. in, in everything. But like the same problems that people have had with flooding and the dikes continue to plague Skagit Valley to this day. Yeah, you know, a hundred years of technology and innovation, and we're still struggling to figure out how to hold back this giant river. Um, yeah. Which, you know, as its ups and downs, that was one of the things that ended up contributing to the great success of tulips in the area. But I, right, it's moments like that where I'm like, let's not get too cocky, guys. We've we've got a lot to to still learn from the area. 
Oh yeah, no, the weather weather is and and there's no there's no crop really uh, whose economic interest is so anchored in in because of the multi it's it's just multifaceted, right? And so I could have amazing weather, like growing weather, right? Right, for instance, right now it's nice and cool. Flowers are coming up nice and slow, but people have on their calendar that the first week in April they want to come to Skagit Valley to see miles and miles and miles or acres and acres and acres of green tulips because they haven't popped yet right so we don't have the color so mother nature is absolutely in charge and and it is that maritime it's that cool maritime you know uh, climate that makes it so that we can do this we have amazing you know soils and and uh and 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 yet she will remind us that she's in charge and yeah so i I think there's something kind of magical about that you know i think it would be nice to have a return to instead of being so bound by a calendar really living our lives kind of by the seasons again yeah oh absolutely no we talked about i i i have i've kicked off this thing at least with our team is i i want to make the skagit valley tulip festival the coachella of spring oh man it's this thing where it's if you can here's where you go it is ground zero tulips are the pumpkin spice of spring they are right it's like everybody it's like easter bunny is terrifying so we can leave that out right but the fact of the matter is you cannot have spring without tulips and so here's somewhere you can come and be surrounded by and enjoy a really intimate experience it's it's, we connect through color and and all the other fun stuff now uh switching gears a little bit in your neck of the woods there's a daffodil festival so just yeah talk a little bit about the daffodil the pierce county daffodil i don't even what they call it these days but my wife and i so we go back, my wife, Holly, is from Puyallup. And so she she would say that, oh, no, we have a daffodil festival. It's just like the tulip festival. And I would smirk and, and with borrowed Dutch uh, uh, attitude and say, oh, that's so cute. You have daffodils. <laughs> uh, and now I think they import those daffodils from O'Connor. But that, that is beside the point. But anyway, let's so just a little bit about the Pierce County daffodil. Let me, let me make a case for the humble daffodil. Okay, yes. All right, yes. Um. While it lacks the refined beauty and splendor of the tulip, it is that aggressive late night friend that you want telling you to rally, right? Yes, I call them trash flowers, right? Because they grow in the median with the beer cans, right? And the deer won't even eat them. But every maiden needs a handmaiden. And that's why God created daffodils. They come earlier. They're not quite as, but now I'm going to get so much hate mail about this. I actually love, I, I love and enjoy daffodils. Um, however, they're they're far seconds. My, my, my I'm just saying where, where, yeah, the, so. where the tulip needs time to like put its face on and show up to the party. The daffodil is that hot flower that shows up early, right? Like it is winter is dragging on way too long. The daffodil is there first to be like, listen, winter sucks. Let's do something. That is that is so true, and that's why it's a, it is. I I love that that is in fact the symbol of my South Sound friends, right? Yeah, you're just gonna show it. It ought to be and is well established. That's South Tacoma from from Sumner to Tacoma to you name it. That's that's what I expect. It is and, and the, the tatted friend that you really want at the party (laughs) more than anything right and like that's the thing about the the daffodil parade and everything is that it shows up early in the year yeah like it's it's very rare to have our daffodil parade not just covered in the thick gray sleet right right yeah we're we're doing it anyhow 
because that, by God, we're going to change this calendar. That is absolutely it. Just lower your head. And, and it is, it is the grit city flower, right? It, it, is. it uh, That's, that is fantastic. I love it that. Is, it's the sentinel that guards us from the ever encroaching winter. That, that I, bright, I that bright really. yellow wake up to be like, oh, I guess we got to go back to work, right? Yeah. You're spring and, and planting and. It's, because it's they're out there, you won't see any other flowers yet. Just the daffodil holding the line. That's there. It is. That's that's that's. I love it. I love it. So Chris, yeah, this has uh, been so. This has been so fun. Any anything else that you'd like to share with the with our audience before we we uh, we close this out? I mean, oh man, don't get me started. I will just go for ages about and, everything. And so. on that, right? How people can find you on TikTok and and find out more about your business if somebody wanted to book a, a tour. What, what's the best way for people to both enjoy your your uh, you, the, the what you do, which I think is phenomenal again. Literally yeah. everything is just pretty gritty tours. The pretty, pretty and the gritty. gritty tour. That is, and, and and we're gonna have to do go into a logo redesign to get you a, a daffodil for that because there is that is the pretty gritty. Well, so when I when I have a, a that's I'm gonna get a t-shirt made for you instead of trash flower. I'm just gonna get the pretty gritty on for, for some daffodils. We, we are both. We embrace both sides. I love it. But yeah, love TikTok, it. YouTube, Instagram, everything. Great, Pretty great, great. Well, you're, 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 you're moving the needle and I appreciate that. And you're going to add to the enjoyment of all of our Tulip Festival guests and, and anybody else who, who listens to that. I, I deeply appreciate your, your time and sharing your, your, your background and interest and, and, and research. That's, it's been a lot of fun. So I'm going to have to go back and now I need to get a bloom bomber. I need to name, get a name. My, one of my cows, Mary Brown and yeah. Joe Gibbs and, a lot of other fun stuff. So you need like a tulip yes. cannon, I think is something that could really, yeah. yes, right. Not down tulip. Can- oh, you don't have to get me started. We'll have no, it all. Listen, I'm, I'm yeah. here for this. All right. Well, you, yes, well, you got to come up because we've got passes set aside for you and your family. So when you get up here, well, you'll walk the many miles of, of tulip uh, trail that we've got. We've got set up this year. So outstanding. All right, everyone. I'm Andrew, and I've been uh, joined today with my friend Chris, and we have absolutely destroyed the common narrative around tulips. And actually, we've added to we we've added the prologue to the common narrative to tulips. But the fact of the matter is, tulips are fascinating. The history is fascinating. The 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 present's fascinating, and and the future is gonna the best is yet to come because we're gonna make it. So nothing new under the sun, but we could use some sun this year to get these these flowers a little bit little bit out of bed but it's it's all good so thank you for joining us and of course do the like share and and everything else that goes into this let's get the word out about uh, this great podcast so thanks thank you, thank you.